from the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina. I need to take the ticker off up here. Let me change the ticker. It's going to take me a little bit to learn how to work this thing. But uh, we're going to get there. Let me put that one on. For, okay, here we go. So, anyway, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, again, we're, uh, we here in North Carolina have very, very poor bandwidth. We got about 768K up at the most. So, uh, you're probably going to see my picture a little fuzzy tonight. Hopefully, since this system is all cloud-based, you're going to see Alan and all the other guys are going to be uh, completely clear. But uh, my my uh, video may get kind of kind of um, blurry at times. If you're out there listening on WBCQ, we welcome you tonight. If you're listening on 7490, this is Amateur Radio Roundtable, and it's the show about uh, ham radio. If you're out there, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. And, you know, hey, I forgot to run our intro. I'm going to run our intro right now. So here we go. Here we go. We're going to run the intro. I'm sorry. All I got to do is find it. kicked off for the chat room for some reason probably because of the low bandwidth no no it's okay all right so uh i saw a couple comments a couple people um kind of like uh, a couple things they're seeing on the show tonight but anyway we're uh, we're going to try this new system out by the way guys is my is my audio coming through okay yeah, okay. A little, little boomy, yeah. echoey. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. It works. Well, it it sounded a little funny here, so I didn't know if something's going on or not. Okay. So let's uh, let's jump around the room here real quick and just uh, just say hello to everybody, and uh, let's see who we got first. We got Glenn coming up first. How you doing, Glenn? Hey, how's it going? Doing good, man. What have you been up to? Uh working and uh, getting new toys. I showed this during the free show this is a uh, transceiver or no, I'm sorry a receiver and I was pulling up the specs on it here uh, I'm getting lost but uh, let's see here it does sideband FM AM for the HF bands it's got 22 commercial and ham bands pre-configured and it's powered by an Arduino Nano and that SI, oh shoot, what was that chip? 4735. 4735. Yeah, and yeah. It's, so that's you know, basically a complete HF receiver 
that I was going to make a project of. All right. Well, let us know. Uh, keep us posted on your progress progress with that. Yeah, it should be and fun. We'll, we'll talk more about how you're going to use it. All right. All right. Let's see who's next on the list. We've got Dwayne out there now. Come on in, Dwayne, and say hello and tell us what why Katie's hiding tonight. Okay. Well, unfortunately, Katie was exposed to someone who was positive for COVID, and uh, she is quarantined. So both of us can't be in the same room at the same time. And she has opted to bail out and watch me make a fool of myself. And so uh, I'm here to do just that. Uh, made a little trip last weekend, uh, ham radio related, and we'll talk about that uh, after Rich has his little uh, his little time tonight. So, um, good evening to everyone. Glad to be here. All right, great, great. And hope Katie is doing okay there, and uh, she'll get over that pretty but soon. She she doesn't. She tested negative this afternoon, which is fortunate. Yep. Um, but she's still concerned and. Uh, She's going to yep. wait another few days, and hopefully she will test negative again. But that's the way it goes, and we hope that um, her, you know, her vaccinations work like they're supposed to. All right. Well, we uh, wish her the best there. Hope, uh, hopefully uh, she'll come, come out of this without the COVID there. Let's jump down. Uh, Alan, how you doing, Alan? Let's jump over to Alan real quick. All righty. Oh, that's not Alan. There's, that's not Alan. There's Alan right there. <laughs> Uh, how's everybody doing? So good to see everybody here. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'm coming in clear. Got a pretty good upload speed here. So uh, good to see you. And um, Glenn, I've got one of those radios also, but I bought, I picked up one that's in a, in a little metal case. It's got a blue OLED display on it and all the buttons and everything on the front panel. Built-in speaker and battery, kind of a whole self-contained little thing. I haven't decided whether I like it or not. Um, there have been there are some firmware updates for it compared to the one that I'm running on it that I got that looked like they make some improvements, but uh, but it looks pretty cool, you know. And uh, it's probably like I said, it's the same guts as the radio that you have there. Yeah, I mean, I got the speaker and the OLED with it. I was wondering where the firmware is because they don't tell you where you can get the firmware. No, well, there, there's actually a Facebook group for that radio. I think it's like the ATS25 Facebook group or something like that, um, which is kind of what it goes by. Uh, but it's not like it's 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 even worse than the Nano VNA in terms of trying to find the firmware for it. But yeah, um, but it, it might be fun to play with. I just thought, you know, it's one of those things I picked up. I figured I'd you know do a couple of videos on it at some point in the future, but I haven't given it enough to do that yet. Yeah, that's kind of why I got it. Something to play with. Okay. And I guess the other thing I'll mention, too, if we have time uh, after uh, we, we hear about uh, what's going on in the latest issue of the magazine and Wayne's trip there. Since Wayne, you mentioned you picked up uh, an Adult VNA and a Tiny Essay, uh, one of the videos I thought I'd play and talk about is showing how to use the Nano VNA to take a look at uh, how well matched your antenna is and how to watch the operation of a tuner using the nano vna so uh might be a fun one to watch tonight given that so anyway that's what's going on here all right great um all right well, let's just jump right into it and i i you know i think we're going to have a lot of material tonight uh to talk about uh and i've got some things uh that i brought back uh to show tonight from uh the east tennessee ham fest uh, over in uh, sevierville tennessee where we were the 
keynote speaker. We had a balloon launch over there. We got a balloon in the air uh, flying right now. I um, uh, had a local ham friend, uh, uh, Pastor Jeff, come over. I've been working with him. We built him an antenna yesterday, and uh, uh, I've been operating that on the front porch. Uh, portable, lots going on here, and I've got pictures and videos and stuff. Well, let's just jump on down to, uh, let's go to Rich right now, and Rich, uh, everybody should know you by now. You're a regular on the show. We've got uh, uh, Rich Morrison here, uh, W2BU, the editor of CQ Magazine, and uh, Rich, uh, let's talk CQ next month, man. What's happening? All righty. Good evening, everybody, and uh, glad to be here as always. The uh, October issue of CQ is, as usual, our emergency communication special, and we've got uh, no less than nine different articles on different aspects of emergency communications and ways hams help their communities and each other uh, using amateur radio. But we start out the issue with an article called Ham Radio Hogwarts, and it's a report on the Youth on the Air camp in Ohio um, earlier this summer and uh, by two of the participants. So that's a, a really cool experience that they had, and it's a great thing that uh, hopefully will be going on for a, a long time. We uh, get into the MCOM special with an interview by our uh, emergency communications editor in APHL with uh, the new chairman of the new ARRL Committee on Emergency Communications and Field Services. It's a new standing committee of the league, the only it's only the third standing committee of the board, so they're giving emergency communications and field services uh, much higher profile and priority than in the past, and uh, it's about time that happened. So uh, Stan has a, a very in-depth interview with uh, Bud Hippisley, W2RU, who's the uh, Roanoke Division Director and Chairman of this new committee. We've got some intro information on MCOM for those who uh, are new to ham radio in our learning curve column. We have a first person report from New Orleans right after uh, Hurricane Ida, uh, just before it came up here to New Jersey, um, from uh, KB5AVY, Roberto Dabdub, who has uh, written before. He, he wrote when, about the uh, situation in New Orleans after Katrina. So. Uh, we seem to hear from him whenever there's a disaster. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it was a, a good look at the capabilities, again, of amateur radio. Um, W9JU, Scott Roosh, has a piece on Saturn. That's the Salvation Army Team Emergency Radio Network and the uh, Patriot North 2021 exercise. This is an exercise that is put on by the Department of Defense and involves a whole bunch of governmental and non-governmental agencies in uh, doing a, a simulated disaster drill. And uh, Scott writes this time about some communication failures that uh, resulted in them being very late to the planning process. And uh, it ended up being a good test of their ability to plan on the run and to adapt to circumstances, which is frankly what you're much more likely to run into in a real emergency or disaster than anything that is well planned in advance. Uh, A2AV 
up in Canandaigua, New York. I love that name. Has a piece for us on ham radio in the year of COVID. It's about how his radio club used its uh, two-meter net, expanding it every to every day to uh, check in on members, non-members, everybody who's interested in checking in um, to just see how everybody's doing, make sure people didn't need anything, particularly during the lockdowns, and uh, but it's continuing even now, and uh, it's help strengthen the club, which is, is a, an interesting thing. We've got a very interesting article about uh, decoding NOAA weather satellites. Now, you might not automatically think this is an MCOM issue, but imagine that you're in an emergency operating center someplace with no internet, and the people there need to see what's happening on weather radar and coming down from the satellites. Um, this is a great piece on being able to set up your own weather satellite receiving station and how to decode them and display the graphs of what they're seeing without having to have an internet connection. Um, our Magic in the Sky columnist, Jeff Reinhardt, AA6JR, offers the Ten Commandments of MCOM. And we've even got some nice graphics to go with it. Um, so you can't see it, but Moses has a hand held in his hand there. Um, so um, credit our art department for that one. Gordon West, WB6NOA, in his uh, short circuits column, writes right. about uh, DFing emergency beacons, personal locator beacons, and uh, EPIRBs, emergency position indicating radio beacons. Once you get into your function by a satellite, but only to a, a close in area. Once you get close in, you have to find them with direction finding techniques on 121 megahertz. And this is all about doing that. And that covers the most of our MCOM articles. A few others, if that's not your thing. Um, Wayne Overbeck, N6NB, follows up our September article on the new RF exposure regulations from the FCC with uh, a program that you can download to uh, do your own analysis. He's, he's come to the conclusion that it's easier to do a routine evaluation using a program like his or a couple of others out there than then, to try to figure out if you're exempt from doing it. He says, I agree with that. It's easier. Um, and uh, so he's got a, a very interesting piece on that. On, and uh, we've got article on automatic antenna relay for lightning protection, basically to automatically disconnect you and ground your antennas when you uh, shut off your radios. And uh, as always, in October, we have our CQ Worldwide DX contest all-time records from K6SSS, Fred Capicella. Um, and of course, the single sideband weekend of the CQ Worldwide DX contest is coming up at the end of October, the last weekend, and the CW weekend will be at the last weekend in November. Uh, some of our other columns this month, will, in addition to the ones uh, as part of the MCOM special, uh, Matt's notes, Erwin writes about simple homebrew test equipment revisited. He's got a low resistance ohmmeter circuit that you can build. He's even got a faceplate for it that you can make on your own. For our shortwave listeners out there, 
Our listening post column features the return to the air of Radio Onda Corta, I can't speak, Radio Onda Corta, Venezuela. Um, that's shortwave Venezuela if you don't speak Spanish at all, even if you can pronounce it. Uh, Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, in his kit building column, writes about the benefits of group kit building. Um, and uh, speaking of kits, Scott Rout, K8SMA, in our QRP column, has a look at the uh, four state QRP groups Bayou Jumper radio kit, which is, uh, he describes a QRP spy radio. It is uh, based on the, um, why am I blanking on the name of it? The uh, Parasit radio from World War II that we've had uh, articles about in the past. Um, and uh, somebody earlier was mentioning uh, VNA, our Analog Adventures editor, KL7AJ, writes about anti-resonance or more fun with your VNA. So we have a guest antennas editor this month from Bolivia, CP6CL, who is taking a new look at the Wyndham antenna and uh, where to feed it in order to get uh, better resonance on multiple bands. Our medium and low frequency editor, KB5NJD, reports on a very late season operation to North Dakota and Wyoming. Hello, Dwayne. Uh, by W0SD. And uh, got some really good stuff there. Um, our awards editor, KI4KWR, starts a series on the future of awards in amateur radio. And uh, in our DX column, we take a visit to Scotland and the GMDX group, which is the main DX organization in Scotland. And finally, in propagation, NW7US reports on huge waves in the sun <coughs> that have been discovered by uh, a NASA satellite and all of the uh, observations it's making there, as well as, of course, the propagation to expect on the HF and VHF bands in October. We're into equinoctial propagation right now. And uh, <clears throat> that should keep things rather uniform around uh, much of the world right now. So that's that's the basics of what we've got coming up in this issue of CQ for October. Uh, our even though it's fall, our summer madness special is still going on. So uh, if you go to our webpage and sign up for a subscription, you'll get one extra issue for each year that you sign up for. So instead of 12, 24, 36 months, your subscription would be for 13, 26, or 39 months. So just uh, check that out at www.cq-amateur-radio.com. And uh, that's what we've got coming up. All right. Well, I tell you, it uh, sounds like this, this uh month's uh, magazine is packed with a lot of things that I'm really interested in. Uh, I really like the idea of the homebrew test equipment because a lot of that stuff is so simple to make and it's so functional, man, you really need it. Uh, also, uh, the uh, part about disconnecting the antenna for lightning, that's uh, that's something I'll read about. I, I've uh, implemented that on uh, one of my antennas. You know, I have a uh, 1.5 kilowatt 
you know, high dollar tuner, auto tuner out at the base of a uh, extended double zip antenna. And uh, when that antenna tuners, when everything's turned off in the shack, that antenna tuner is still hooked to that antenna. And uh, I would not want uh, that thing to get hit by lightning and, and destroy it. So a lot of, a lot of neat, neat things to talk about here and, and read about uh, this coming month. We really appreciate it, uh, Rich. My pleasure, and uh, hope you all enjoy it. And uh, we've got some great stuff coming up in November, too. We're just wrapping that issue up now. All right. All right. We're going to move right along here. Uh, while things are moving pretty smoothly, we're going to move on. Uh, and uh, Dwayne, did you have something you want to talk about after, uh, after Rich there? Yeah, I was muted and I was trying to find the mouse to unmute. Um, yeah, one of our club members is putting up a remote station and we, um, we went back to his uh, home in Rochester, Minnesota to Rochester to get, uh, to get some of his gear. And so that involved an 11 hour trip one way. Uh, pulling a trailer, and mm. when we got there, we loaded on 70 feet of tower, and uh, the largest coax I know of any ham that ever existed. This stuff is three and a half inches in diameter. It is just massive, 480 pounds worth of coax to load onto the trailer. Um, that went on next, and then two more rolls, of the second largest coax I know of anyone having. Uh, just amazingly large hardline stuff. It's, it's impressive. He's going to do a 54-foot long 2-meter horizontal antenna at 95 feet. So we had our, our work cut out for us. I can't imagine how much but, the connectors cost for, the cost for that coax. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah, he says the connectors are over a grand each. So yeah. um, mm -hmm. you know, that's just insane. But uh, as if you go to any populations, any populace anywhere that has a, uh, a long-standing history of close-knit hams, you're going to find that they have breakfast. And Saturday morning, we went to breakfast with hams that I'd never met in my life. And they heard about what we were doing in our new club. And uh, these guys stepped up and donated gear to a club that they may never attend and uh, to me, that tells me that uh, um, there is faith in the hobby and they want to make it continue. So uh, they gave the club, uh, we got out of that uh, freestanding tower, a couple of antennas and some more of that large coax. Uh, fortunately, the large coax that was donated by Fant, and I forget call signs, um, it, had, uh, it had the ends on both ends of it. So we'll be making a trip back out to uh, Minnesota to... Mm -hmm to get uh, more gear, but it was a prosperous weekend for the club at least. And, um, I was just amazed that these, uh, these hams that had heard of a new club and will probably never visit it, just donating gear to us. So, um, you know, that's a lot of faith in the hobby, I think. Um, so that's where we stand with our new club. We got more gear and more stuff. 
All right. Well, hey, that sounds great, man. And I, I've seen I've seen a hardline or coax like it. What you're talking about, and uh, um, I don't know, man. It'd be tough for me to bring that into my shack, probably. What are you going to do? You're going to drill a hole through the wall, or you're going to bring it through the window? What are you going to do? Well, they, you know, we're putting it out in the middle of nowhere because it's a VHF station and and a lot of good uh, a preamp on the on the system so um you know we got to be in a quiet area so the closest house to the to this site is uh is about a mile away so we think it's going to be pretty quiet um and uh it's an old barn and we're building the station in the old barn mm -hmm. we're just going to bore a hole inside the wall uh at ceiling height bring it in and suspend this stuff under the rafter as we come across the room to to get into the little uh the little room that we're calling the shack so yeah it's got connectors to hang it every five feet and i got to come up with a way to mount that to uh room 45 um weighs 400 and like i said about 480 pounds and so uh, uh we have opted to, to hire a crane instead of trying to do this with a gin pole yeah that would not be really easy to pull up with a gin pole nope. that would be tough. and uh, while i was out there i visited uh uh, a ham that has a probably one of the better six meter EME arrays. Uh, we got four nine element beams uh, on this massive array, and Tim had he had quite the station there. And uh, you know I had to, I had to walk around with a rag and wipe up my drool because I was drooling all over the floor when I was looking at this stuff. All right. Well, keep us posted on uh, your progress and putting that stuff up, boy. Uh, you're gonna need some help. Yeah, we got a crane hired, but we're gonna okay. dig holes and uh, pour concrete Friday. So uh, that's uh, that's our plan for Friday morning and afternoon. And of course, concrete needs to step for at least two weeks before you stack tower. So that'll give us time to come up with a plan on how we're gonna hang all this stuff in two weeks. Okay. Well, very good. All right. All right. Well, you know, hey, the show got packed with a lot of stuff tonight. I don't have a specific agenda here, but we'll just keep going around the room here until we uh, pick pick everything up here. Um, Alan, do you have something you want to talk about tonight? I know that you mentioned you wanted to talk talk about your uh, your location there and what you've got set up. Do you want to do that first, or if not, I can we can talk a little bit about uh, my little nano VNA video that kind of fits into what uh, Dwayne's going to be using his for. So, all right. Well, I'll uh, I'll just again just mention very briefly here what what we're doing tonight and uh, why we're doing it, and uh, and then we'll we'll jump into your segment. And then we've got a lot of I've got a lot of other stuff to show tonight. Um, so tonight, uh, Kathy and I are in uh, North Carolina. We're, we're at our home in North Carolina. And uh, we're over here to, well, we came over for a ham fest in Sevierville. We came over to a great ham fest there, uh, East Tennessee uh, Ham Fest, which is a combination of the Morristown Ham Fest and the Sevier County Ham Fest. And it was a pretty nice ham fest. This was their first year. Uh, so we were there Saturday. Uh, I was a keynote speaker. We talked about uh, uh, ham radio and, and ballooning, and uh, we launched a Pico balloon from there. Um, 
and uh, and then we just came on over here. It was it's, it, it took us about seven hours, I guess, from Memphis to Sevierville, and then uh, we were so close to our home here in North Carolina, we just came on over here. We're only uh, two hours away. I'm gonna try to share a screen here real quick, and um, I, well, let's see if if I can make this work. I don't know if I can or not, but you guys have helped me here to determine. Um, uh, if it's working. So okay. I'm going to try to do a share screen. And here we go. Okay. So uh, are you guys seeing a video there? I mean, a picture mm, of me? Not yet. We're still still not yet. Not yet. Okay. Okay. You're not because I've got to click another button. That came up. That came up as a camera shot. So I've got to click another button. I think. Let's see. Okay, here it is. This should bring it into the show right here. There we go. We got it. There you go. Okay. Hey, uh, just uh, quickly uh, talk about my. Uh, uh, I brought brought the uh, seventy three hundred over here for a, you know, a little uh, portable operation, and um, let me see if I can just run this little video. Uh, my friend, uh, the pastor over here, uh, Jeff, uh, KM4QMC, uh, uh, is a friend of mine, and I've been helping him build some antennas. He, he, one of his antennas broke, and uh, he came over, and we sit on the front porch. So here's a, here's a little quick video of how well the little portable antenna works. So let me see if I can hit play here and make this thing work. Here we, here we go. Let's see if I can make it work here. Here we go. This is, I'm talking to V31XX in Belize. Belize, here we go. So, uh, can, can you guys hear me right now, uh, Alan? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, okay. I can hear the audio from the video, but very, very lowly, almost. Uh, okay, okay. If you guys, if you guys will look right, uh, right to the left of my nose, you'll see a, a vertical piece of wire out there yeah. toward the tree. Uh, that is the antenna I'm using. It's about an 80 foot piece of a uh, uh, lamp cord that. Uh, uh, I, I pulled apart and put it end to end. So we had about 80 feet. I shot that over a tree limb. And I'm using a little auto tuner, uh, an auto tuner that will uh, uh, tune any band and just about any frequency there just by hitting it with a little RF. So that antenna just works great. Uh, I laid down three uh, uh, radials uh, on the ground uh, under it. Uh, let me see if I got some pictures here real quick. I'll just grab those real quick. Um, let's see. I'm getting here. Uh, there's where we are today. That's that's the house over in North Carolina. And uh, there's the, well, there's our view from the front porch. And uh, this morning, this morning, we had a lot of turkeys, a lot of turkeys out in the yard, wild turkeys. And uh, yesterday, we had a lot of deer out in the yard. Uh, so we've got uh, plenty of uh, uh, wild game here uh, that's surrounding us.
long as they don't like uh, wire, you're okay. Yeah. What was that? As long as they don't like to eat wire, you're in good shape. Yeah. 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 Here's uh here's uh, uh some of you guys know him uh, from uh, previous shows. This is a uh, 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 Jeff uh, uh, KM4 QMC, and he's sitting there with the uh, semi 300. I've got it out on the front porch there and enjoying it. And uh, uh, I brought him. I always bring him some uh, hats over. I collect so many hats that Kathy makes me get rid of them, all my hats. So, uh, so I brought him uh, a few hats over, and uh, he uh, he really likes the hats there. I'm going to start up a ball ball team called the Yezus or something here one day, probably. Uh, so there he is holding the. This is a 40 meter uh, dipole he wanted to build, and uh, really we had nothing here when he called me. I wasn't planning on doing this, but. Uh, I was able to scrap up a piece of PVC pipe and we just cut made us an insulator in the center and uh, we found some Romex and we pulled the the, the two uh, pieces of uh, number 12 wire out of that Romex and and, and uh, I had brought over about 60 feet of uh, uh, RG58 just that I normally use on my my auto tuner there so I gave that to him and, and he's gonna put that up over at his house uh, here in the next day or two, uh, he was real happy to get that. And uh, there we are out in the, out in the garage. There, uh, I didn't bring my soldering gun, so it was a little challenge to uh, solder that number twelve wire uh, with a, uh, a soldering iron. But uh, we were—if uh, you stick with it long enough, you can get enough heat on it. That you can do it. Um, so, you know, that's uh, kind of how we prepared it. We just, no ballon, we just stripped, uh, stripped the coax back like that and connected it to the two legs. And uh, that is pretty much uh, how we got the antenna together there. There's the Romax on the floor there. All right, let me see if I can stop sharing here. Uh, and let's see. Uh, I guess I'm back. Again, I don't. I don't know this new system very much and I'm learning it. So that's kind of what we did uh, there. Um, let's see. I got one more one more thing I'll just jump into real quick. Let me do a share again. Um, so let me uh, pull up the. Let me pull up the pictures from the ham fest. Oh, I've got just a few there, so I'm going to pull them up real quick. And we'll talk about that, and we'll then we'll go over to Alan here. So let's see. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm going to try to do a screen share here, here, and here. Okay. You guys should be sitting on here from. Uh, uh, gold metal ideas. You, uh, you guys seen it? No, not yet. Not, seen not yet, because I've got I got to click another button. I'm so sorry. Here we go. Now you're going to see him. Now I got it. Yeah. Now you're seeing him. Okay, and let me let me highlight that. That'll make it full screen. There we go. I'm learning. I'm learning. Here we go. So. Um, there's Ron. You guys know Ron uh, from Gold Medal uh, Ideas. He always uh, donates some prizes for our, our webcast and 
there he is there at uh, the uh, East Tennessee Ham Fest. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, this will be a quick uh, video walkthrough. I'll try to uh, cycle through it pretty fast, but you can see they had some pretty nice facilities uh, for the ham fest there. This was at the Sevier County uh, Fairgrounds. Thank you. So there's some very, you know, nice and clean areas there, and uh, we had uh, a number of vendors set up. This is outside. We're going to go out into the flea market area. And uh, I'm going to do just a quick walk through uh, down uh, some of the uh, tailgaters. The first thing you can see is wide open out there. Uh, some people were, were wearing masks, but I think most people were not. Uh, it's pretty well open there, and uh, we didn't have a lot of crowds together. Let me see if I can just fast forward this a little bit. So... Just going down one of the flea market uh, aisles there, you can see uh, people brought in trailers and, and tent tops and, and everything. Enjoying the food. I did buy one thing here. I did buy 3,000 feet of uh, 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 like parachute cord uh, from a guy, and uh, I plan on using that to hold some antennas up. Three thousand feet ought to last you a lifetime. Well, it ought to last a long time, but you know, uh, some of my antennas are up over a hundred feet in those trees, so it it takes on each end it takes about two hundred foot to get up and down. You know, so uh, I could use four hundred feet pretty easy on a single antenna. You can see uh, it was a nice sunny day. The sky is just really clear. Uh, the, the wind wasn't too bad. We do a balloon launch here in a few minutes. The wind wasn't really bad until we started launching. It kind of picked up. That site reminds me of the Sussex County Ham Fest here in New Jersey, which is one of the largest ones in New Jersey. It's very much like that. Real clean, open, paved uh -huh. areas like that, and the building that, that looks really nice. Yeah. So uh, let's see. I'm just going to kind of fast forward a little bit more. Show you just some of the a couple of things here that uh, you can uh, you can see uh, that I saw as I walked around. They had a couple of buildings that uh, they were actually in. Uh, we're going to end up here in another building in just a second. But uh, the weather was perfect. The temperature was perfect. Uh, it was just a great. It turned out to be a great uh, ham fest. Uh, uh, event and weather event actually. If you need a rotor, there's a rotor. Nice little stream flowing back there. Uh, I think that's the Little Pigeon River, River, if I'm not mistaken. Here we are inside one of the other buildings. You can see uh, very spread out. Um, there was a um, uh, KM4 MPF again. We saw him in Huntsville. He has a big operation and always brings a lot of stuff. All right, let's see what else I had from there. Let's see. Here we are uh, inside the, uh, I, I gave the uh, uh, a talk. 
uh, on uh, Pico Balloons, and we actually had a pretty good crowd. Uh, the room was just about filled up, and uh, a lot of interest, a lot of questions asked, and uh, uh, there, uh, after the uh, presentation, uh, we uh, prepared a balloon uh, for launch. We just launched a simple 36-inch balloon uh, with uh, helium, with a uh, party helium gas, and uh, we knew that it wasn't going to go high. We thought it was going to go about, fly about 22,000 feet, but uh, the, the party helium was so impure that, that our best altitude is about 18,500 feet is what we're flying. It should show back up tomorrow. Right now, the balloon is up over Hudson Bay. Uh, up in Canada, and it should turn around and come back down and be in range of uh, APRS uh, receivers uh, off the coast of Maine uh, tomorrow. So we're going to start watching for it tomorrow. And then it'll, it'll start making its trip across the ocean, and we'll lose it again for about three or four days, and then we'll pick it up again uh, when it gets near Africa. Uh, here's the scales. Uh, a, the, the, the payload was... Uh, the payload actually was uh, 16... I think 16.5 grams, I'm, I'm sorry, 13.5 grams. We wanted about six grams of lift, so uh, we, we put 19.8 uh, uh, grams of lift uh, in the balloon. And, uh, of course, once you hook the tracker on there, uh, we ended up with about, about 6.2 grams of lift, which was uh, just about what we wanted to fly that balloon with. There it is, kind of uh, half in, or inflated and ready to go. Um, that particular balloon, we have to do a heat seal to seal it. So I've got a little iron there that we're ironing it and uh, heat sealing it there using parchment paper. A few people uh, around looking at it. The kids uh, were real uh, interested in what we were doing. There it is. I'm uh, holding it up and uh, making sure it'll float with the tracker. And of course it would. Um, Hey, this is uh, the drive from Sevierville uh, down to our home here in North Carolina. So uh, you can see uh, it's a nice drive right there. And let's see, uh, here's the launch right here. I'll, it's about a 30 second. I'll show you the launch. Here, here we go. We, we were getting some wind there, and I was a little concerned about the wind. Uh, that the, here we go. So we had a pretty good takeoff. Uh, it, it, it looked good and uh, <clears throat> it rose uh, pretty fast. And uh, by the time, uh, well, let's see, that was uh, that was launched on Saturday. And then um, I think yesterday it already cleared uh, the border, uh, Maine and uh, Maine and uh, Canada. So. We're moving along. Hopefully, it'll stay up. We'll uh, we'll see what happens. Let me go back to here. All right. So um, that's kind of like uh, some of the update on uh, what went on with us this weekend. Let's uh, let's go over to you, uh, Alan. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's take just a quick break. Uh, it's uh, 43 after. We'll be right back in about one minute. And guys, we can't talk during this, so stand by. Uh. 
Contest remotely or from the comfort of your home. ICOM has the perfect base station ready for action. The IC9700, the IC7610, and the IC7300 transceivers are top of the line and are the first choice for contesters across the globe. Robust base stations like these cut through pileups, letting you work the bands and record those contacts. Stay connected and keep your competitive contesting edge with ICOM. Heard it, worked it, logged it. Create your own band openings with the 9700. This transceiver brings direct sampling to the UHF VHF weak signal world. It's loaded with innovative features that are sure to keep you busy. It has faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. Check out the large touchscreen, the spectrum scope waterfall, smooth satellite operation with 99 channels, and it has full duplex operation in satellite mode. The IC7610 is the SDR that every ham wants. This is a high-performance SDR, and it can pick out the faintest signals even in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The 7610 is a direct sampling software-defined radio that will change the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. It has RF direct sampling and independent dual receivers. The IC7300 changed the way entry-level HF is designed. Top-performance innovative HF transceiver with a compact design will far exceed your expectations. It has RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, a large touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope. Visit www.icomamerica.com amateur for more information on ICOM radios. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed station, portable and remote, matching your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. Our focus is on anticipating and meeting our customers' needs and providing them with world-class support as they install and use our products. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable when you sell it with no paperwork required. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. Okay, and we are back. And uh, I think things are running fairly smooth, uh, even though we don't really know you know all the ins and outs of the system here tonight. It's uh, I, I think it's uh, working pretty good here. Be interesting. I'd like to get some feedback from our viewers on how they think the quality is, the transition switching is, how the audio is. Uh, give us some feedback, guys, and let us know how um, uh, how this uh, temporary system that we're going to use just uh, randomly when we need to. Uh, let us know how it's working here. Yeah, the only uh, comment I think I'd have, Tom, is that the videos that you were playing when you were showing, you know, the Hamfest and things like that, uh -huh. those videos were a little choppy, uh, but okay. the the commercial you went through was actually quite smooth. So okay, all right, uh, yeah, I've noticed that in some aspects, and that's what we got to figure out how to make that make yeah. that better. That could just be a bandwidth issue on your side, like you said. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it probably is. Uh, 
why don't you get somebody there? You need to invent some kind of better internet connection for us here. I mean, you know, the, the satellites are putting up. That's going to cost too much money for a you know a vacation home. I think I think they're going to be about a hundred a month, aren't they? Uh, the, the, what do you call it, Starlink or something? Starlink. Yeah, I'm not sure what they are. Yeah. yeah. Well, we need something better, but in the mountains you can't get it. You, you're you're stuck with what you can get, man. And we are so happy to have. You know, yeah. set five megs down and 700k up, yeah. and, and that works pretty good. And typically, we don't need to do a show from here, but uh, uh, it yeah, gets I'm pretty impressed with this app. I think it's really, yeah. been great. And like I said, I think for Dwayne, Glenn, and I, at least from what I can see, it looks like you know the resolution that we get from each of us is is based on our bandwidth and not yours. Yeah, you're not. It's, it's all done in the cloud. You're not rebroadcasting us. Yeah, and the fact that we're cloud-based and you guys are cloud-based, I think that means, and I talked to the developers on this, and they thought the video came to me and they went back out. I don't think that's right. I think with being cloud-based, the you guys' internet, I mean, you guys' video is being distributed directly to the viewers. It's not coming to me, and then I'm not re, you know, rebroadcasting it. I, right. I did notice that if you, uh, if, if you mute yourself, Occasionally, the damn thing will just automatically unmute you, and uh, you have to really? kind of watch that. Yeah, really? yeah, I've been muted. Yeah, so I think what it's doing is it hears noises in the chat, and finally it says, "Wait, you may be warm," <laughs> and it's uh, it's unmuting me. Well, we will uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll look at all that and go back and kind of kind of look this thing over after the show and see how it worked. I'm I'm. I'm pretty pleased so far. We're uh, about an hour into the show, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty pleased that we got this far. I didn't think we were even going to have a show tonight. I thought the the uh, internet uh, bandwidth was going to cause us a, a major issue. Well, Alan, let's talk. Let's let's go ahead and uh, pick it up, man. And all right, and, and go for it. All right, sounds great. So yeah, so uh, I guess in the pre-show, Dwayne mentioned that uh, he's picking up a Nano VNA and a Tiny SA. I don't have the latter, but I do have a couple of the nano VNAs. And probably one of the more popular uses, at least for us as hams, is to use it to, to do some antenna tuning and that type of thing. Well, I did a video a little over a year ago um, that is entitled, How to Use a VNA to Sweep or Measure in Antenna Systems SWR and to Optimize Its Tuning. And that video has been viewed over 105,000 times. So I guess it's been pretty popular. And I thought uh, it's only six minutes long. Uh, we can play it here and then chat about it afterwards. Uh, kind of shows a, a pretty nice use case for uh, using the Nano VNA um, compared to um, you know, maybe using an analyzer. In some cases, it's still doing the same job, but, uh, but I thought it actually worked pretty well. So let me give a shot here of sharing. Say I do a share system audio and pick what window I want to share. And I think it'll be this one. And Let's see if you can see that. Um, do I have to do anything else? Oh, well, let's 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 think about this. Let's see. Um, or did you did you share? I'll say share system audio. Pick a window, and this is the window I want to share. And I click on share, and now it says I'm sharing this. Window. Okay. Okay. The, All right. It's there. Okay. It's there. Now I have to. I have to to. Bring the, bring it on. So here here it is. All righty. So I'm going to hit play, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Only six minutes long, and then we'll chat about it afterwards. Mm -hmm. 
optimizing its tuning. And to measure an antenna, uh, you can use the reflection coefficient or the SWR or the Smith chart. I'm going to choose to use all three. You can see that the yellow trace is already set up to be the log mag of the reflection coefficient, so we'll leave that. The green trace is already a Smith chart, so we'll leave that one alone. So we'll reconfigure the blue trace to be SWR and then get rid of uh, the focus. We bring up the menu, go to display, go to trace, and let's first just get rid of purple trace by touching on it, touching on it again to, to get rid of it. And then we'll select trace number one, the inverse text tells us we're selected. We'll go back and then tell it to be on channel zero, which is the reflection, the reflection channel or the S11 channel. And now we just have to go back in one more time to the format and hit SWR. Next, let's set up the frequency range we want to test. So we'll bring our menu back up and go back, back again, and go to stimulus. In our case, I want to measure the 40 meter amateur radio band from 7 megahertz to 7.3. So I touch on the start frequency and I dial in 7. range that we want to test. The next thing we want to do is run the calibration because the default calibration is going to have two cores of a granularity to measure over this limited frequency range that we have. So we go bring the menu back up, go back and hit cal and go to reset to reset the existing calibration. We can see that those calibration indicators are gone away over here. And then we hit calibrate. And since we're only doing Next, we put a short and touch short, and then we replace the short with a 50 ohm load on the fork and touch load. Once we've done all three standards, we can hit done, and then choose to save it to a memory location. I'm going to choose just to save it to location. So now we put uh, the antenna. With the antenna hooked up, we can see our SWR plot over the 40 meter band. We can see the log magnitude of the reflection coefficient, and we can see the Smith chart. And uh, we can use the jog wheel to move our cursor, our marker, to make measurements at, at various frequencies across the range. Or we even have some marker functions to search for a min or a max. So, for example, if I touch on, on marker number one, that activates uh, trace number one. And I can go into the marker function and do a search and search for a minimum, and that will put the marker right at the minimum. And I can see that's at 7.216 megahertz. Now, of course, that's all we need to do if all we want to do is to sweep the antenna. But if we want to retune it, for example, we can leave these displays up and actually watch the reaction as we adjust the tuning of the antenna. So let's say, for example, I want to VNA as I tune uh, the controls on my antenna tuner. And this is where I find it handy to have the Smith chart shown on the VNA. 
because uh, you can actually see how the controls on the antenna tuner are going to twist and roll the uh, trace on the Smith chart, and it gives you a little bit better intuitive feel about which way to tune the various controls. Now, the first thing I'm going to do is move uh, my marker down to, oh, somewhere in the CW portion of the band, you know, maybe around 7.07, 7.06, 7 7.05, something in the neighborhood. So to give me an idea, that's the, the point that I want to now try to optimize with the tuner. All right, we'll start by moving uh, some of the dials around here. Let's take a look at uh, how the various curves move around. You can see as I turn my inductor up, I can see the Smith chart's kind of turning around in this direction. Okay, and the resonant point is coming down in frequency. So that's kind of going the right way, okay? Now we can actually see I'm bringing my marker on the Smith point, Smith chart closer and closer to the center of the Smith chart. So I'm getting kind of close, but it's still kind of missing the mark a little bit. So we're probably going to optimize the capacitor here as well. So if we tweak on that a little bit, I can see I'm uh, deepening the null there. I'm tuning on uh, the controls of the tuner. I've got myself pretty darn good at my desired point right there. SWR is about 1.02, sitting right at the center of the Smith chart. Uh, the collection coefficient is down around minus 30-something uh, dB. So uh, we successfully retuned this antenna from the phone portion of the band down to the CW. Yeah, so give it a try yourself. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the video. If you like it, uh, give me a thumbs up. We'll be planning on doing a couple of more uh, VNA videos here in the future. Let me know what you'd like to see. And if you haven't subscribed already, please do so. Well, there we go. All right. The audio, uh, from time to time, it sounded like it started compressing a whole lot. Okay. Well, I, I think there are some adjustments that we can do on your end or on the presenter's end. Yeah. Uh, as far as audio, if you click on your little audio button, yeah. you may have some options for auto level adjust and a couple other things. I don't know. Yeah, the only ones I have, since I don't have the pro subscription package, I have echo cancellation, which is turned on, stereo audio, which is turned off, and auto adjust my volume, which is turned on. Those are the only options I have. Okay. All yeah, right. Well, we'll back up. The thing I didn't do, I didn't mute my microphone while the computer audio was playing. So I don't know if we were getting some cancellation from that, uh, but that's mm. an experiment with another time. Yeah, maybe. And Charlie here says maybe echo cancellation. Yeah. Okay. Could be. Don't know. Well, we're learning tonight. It's our first time to uh, to use this. Okay. Well, great, man. Hey, I still got the the what is it? The VNA, just like that one, and. Oh man, I gotta I gotta look at your video again. I'm I'm having trouble with it. There's too much to remember. Yeah. You know, I, you know, you you click on too many things there for my mind, man. I mean, yeah, it's definitely I, a little more work than using like a rig expert or something like that. Yeah. Especially because of the calibration involved. Uh, you know, for for a lot of what we do, you could probably get away with just using kind of a default calibration over the HF band and do that once and just leave that. Uh, but it, you know, if you're just looking at like the tuning of an antenna, that would probably work fine. If you're trying to get the actual complex impedance so you can design a matching network, you know, for something, then then it's going to be more important for you to actually run the calibration over the frequency range of interest.
but um yeah so you know once once you've got that done the rest of it you know sometimes people get confused by having all these traces all overlaid on top of each other because it can yeah can be confusing to look at that as opposed to just one trace you know or one graph to look at um, i need to turn off a few of those levels or yeah. layers so i can see it more clearly you know yeah okay yeah charlie's asking in the chat room which software on the pc would i suggest for the vna uh, unfortunately, I, I've only played with one or two of them. Um, the Nano VNA, the H4, the one that's shown in that video, the one that I used with that, and it's the only one I use, so I can't really re make a recommendation one way or the other, was the Nano VNA Saver. And then there was an, I also have um, one of the uh, V2 Plus 4s, and that one uses a different package, um, which whose name escapes me right now, but I haven't really used it the PC because to me one of the value of the thing is to not specific for PC to use it. So, so I haven't really uh, played with that on the PC other than to update firmware on it. So unfortunately I can't give you any better advice than that. All right. Um, you know guys it is 10 o'clock on the East Coast. This is a little unusual for me because normally we're on Central Time. So it's starting to get late here for me and Alan. I know what I know what Alan goes through now, man. It's ten o'clock. You know, woo! I'm starting to feel it here. Mm. I think it's jet lag, car yeah. lag. <laughs> man. Oh man. Okay. Well, hey, man. Thanks uh, so much for showing us that. And uh, I, I'm going to pull my VNA out again when I get home and and play with it. I'm I'm going to pull your video up at least on your video. I can I can watch it and stop it and watch yeah. it and stop it because if i don't stop it man you, you're you're about three miles down the road from where i am you know well, and, uh, yeah i mean there's so many videos that are out there especially electronics videos where you know guys just ramble ramble and ramble and you almost have to fast forward to get to the meat of the stuff and i try to make sure that i yeah i keep the information density up there so if you got to stop it and pause it that's fine <laughs> well they're they're really uh uh really clear the way you presented you know you know Alan, I, I was I, I want a radio at Huntsville it's the FTM 300D it's got APRS and all the stuff in it it's it's got more computer in it of course than they took to the moon back you know in the 60s so uh, and it's a challenge for me I'm not a I'm not a software guy. yeah you're phone too but you know so I pull up I pull up the videos for guys that kind of telling me how to set something up. And the thing I hate the most, and I'm starting to realize this, and I, I've got to start making sure I don't do this. But he'll say they'll they'll say something like, okay, now, okay, if you want to make APRS click right here, but you know, and then he says something like, Well, you know, I've got four or five APRS radios, and I did this, and I went to the grocery store and I did this and I did that. And oh, by the way, you don't want to click on, on what I showed you back a few minutes ago. And it is, oh man, they, he goes on for like 20 minutes before he gets to the next step. And I, I really lose interest in, in the videos. Mm. Yeah, so I try, I try to avoid doing that kind of a thing. So uh, yeah. hopefully, like I said, the information is dense. It, on, the, on my channel, there is a, a playlist for the nano vna so you can pick you know like the introductory video about what is a vna or pick the one that talks just about mm -hmm. calibration or pick the one like this one here that talks about antenna tuning 
and I've got, you know, six or seven or more videos that kind of dig into one particular topic and one particular application for the unit. So hopefully that'll help you out. Okay. Well, great. Um, Glenn, did, did you want to talk more about your radio there, your receiver? No, not really. Alan sent me a link, which is basically okay. the same radio in a box. Uh -huh. uh, apparently it comes with no instructions and no firmware. You've got to, you know, it's preloaded. And I'm like, where's the sketch? I want to modify it. And it's well, like, I, and I know what you're talking about because I, I bought that radio. I think it used basically the same chip. I bought it, you know, in a case, everything, antenna on it, you know. I mean, it looked like a nice little radio. You know, it did all those things you're talking about. But there was absolutely no manual or any paperwork with it. They just throw it in a box and you get it. And um, I wasn't even sure how to turn the thing on, to tell you the truth. But so so I, I finally started playing with it. And but the audio quality through the little speaker was so bad. I, I just I just sent it back. Yeah. Uh, See, so you have you a know, purpose than I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully you can build us into that uh, into that um, beacon deal and it, make a big improvement here you know i i i've got i've received i mean i sometimes they do put chinese instructions in a box but it's written on have you ever noticed it's written like on a little postage stamp yeah i don't know i don't know how they make it so small yeah. and uh i have to put it under a magnifying glass or, or a microscope to read it man well this one it came with the oled uh display separate but it's like where does it go on the board? I figured it out and then verified it with the link that Alan sent me. That board, that link pretty much is, you know, for all of those boards. It, it handles all of the 47 3X chips. Well, I have no doubt you'll make it uh, work really well and you'll have a lot of fun with it um, because you can, you can get in here and make changes and make it do what you want to do. And, yeah, it'd be you nice know, if I had the original sketch that it comes yeah. with. Yeah, there are a couple of videos out there. Point to I think a GitHub where you can actually download the original sketch, so you might be able to get it. I from think there. I found that. Yeah. Okay, but you know, and and it is it doesn't look as straightforward to update the firmware. So I haven't done anything with updating mine yet because I know one one of the firmware updates makes the uh, frequency readout display twice as large, uh, and then also corrects some problems apparently with the AGC control. When it when you toggle it off and then back on again, it doesn't come back on, or some kind of screwy thing that the the firmware update supposedly fixes some of that. But uh, I am, um, you know, like I said, I haven't uh, gone down that far yet to even play with it. I'm still running whatever version it came with, like 0 0.5 or something like that. So, but uh, I guess it's just a handful of guys that are writing the code for it. But the library's out there, and maybe you write, maybe you could write your own. Uh, uh, you know, control software for using the library be better than what's out there. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. I bookmarked it and I can't find my bookmark. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a Facebook group that I sent you there. Yeah. But apparently. Oh, Charlie says that his bricks with the with the spark of the heater thermostat kicks in. So yeah, well, the, uh, doesn't doesn't like little little spikes in the. In the and I don't know that that's coming through RF or through the power, but uh, yeah, well, Charlie, it's going to be uh, summertime here pretty soon. You won't have to worry about that unless your air conditioner kicks on and it does the same thing. So, 
keep us posted here. Guys, we're not going to be able to do the uh, uh, open up the phone lines or the uh, Zoom for our, our uh, viewers tonight just because I haven't mastered it yet. Uh, the new program we're using, uh, I was able, I was able to get Zoom working in. I did have it incorporated into this program and I also had the phone lines incorporated in here by using uh, a little product called uh, um, sound meter, M-E-E-T-E-R, sound meter banana. And uh, it, uh, it's, a, it's a great, it's like a, it's like a nice audio mixer with sliders and everything for all the m multiple inputs. And I was able to get, finally, I was able to get uh, the, our phone system and Zoom working on the same laptop with this program. Uh, and I had it where it was working, where people could call in, and you guys uh, on the show uh, could talk back and forth and hear each other. But when I came on there, I had an echo. So, you know, I was getting, you know, some loop back, and I, I, I had trouble trying to resolve that. So I just quit for now. We'll uh, see if we can get that done. Uh, our, our goal for using this, this particular webcast software here is not to do a regular show with it. Uh, but to use it for things like maybe a ham fest, this would be perfect for a ham fest where we take you to a ham fest. We don't have remote people coming in. Uh, I can have up to six remote people total, uh, like you see right now. Uh, and we could easily bring in, you know, uh, multiple uh, uh, iPhones or Droid phone cameras and walk around and they would be on the show just like Glenn or, or Alan here. So. It's got some good possibilities. Uh, it's making it possible to do the show from here tonight, uh, whereas normally I couldn't bring in guests, even the, the, the other co-hosts tonight, uh, if, I, if I wasn't doing this. Um, yeah, I, I, the only thing I wish it had was the, I don't, it doesn't give you the green screen or virtual background uh, capability, so. Well, it, it, it's going to, Alan, it's going oh. to. I have, I have green screen capability okay. here. Okay. Uh, although uh, I don't, I didn't bring a green screen with me. Uh, I have requested uh, that they they uh, uh, add green screen for the remote people, and they're they're building that in. They said that you should have green screen capability real soon uh, on for your end. Yeah, actually, the virtual background would probably be better because I don't have a green screen. Yeah, I, just, I might I might move my camera around so that uh, the, you get you can get that shot, and I'll go sit of it that way but uh, so it's, but it's yeah. not where i am in the room here so oh <laughs> uh, so hopefully you know those kind of things coming will you know continuously uh, make some improvements and uh, we'll uh, we'll learn how it's uh, how it's going to work out for us hey let me just real quick uh, make a, a, a announcement out there again we're midway into the show uh, if you're out there listening uh, on shortwave, you're listening to Amateur Radio Roundtable. It's a show about ham radio. And we've got some great people on here from uh, around the country. We're talking about a lot of different things going on tonight. Send us an email to Tom at W5KUB.com and let us know where you are and if you're hearing the station. And uh, we'll get you a QSL card out there if you're listening on WBCQ on 7490. You can actually tune in and watch this program live on uh, Tuesday nights at 0100 
Okay, I got to correct myself. 0100 is Wednesday. Because went past midnight. So 0100 Wednesdays, you can watch the show. If you go to w5kub.com, or you can find us on YouTube, same thing. So for all you non-UTC people, or we used to call it Greenwich Mean Time back in olden days, uh, we are on at, uh, our, our live video show is on at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time every Tuesday. That's 0100 UTC time on Wednesday mornings for those people that are uh, out there in the international field. All right. All right. Oh, hey, hit the subscribe button. I forgot to tell you this. Uh, I asked you to do this for us at the beginning of the show. Please hit the subscribe button. Uh, we really need that. That helps us to uh, get our show ranked uh, a little bit higher and it helps us advertise. So please uh, hit the subscribe button if you will. And speaking of UTC, when does the time change? Anybody know when the time changes again? Or is it already just changed? Uh, October? The end of, end of October, I think, right? October, yeah. That's the, next month, it's going to change. So uh, we'll be going from five hours uh, UTC ahead to six hours. And the show will November then be, 7th, according to John in the chat, is when we yeah, change. Yeah, the show will then be uh, November 7th. That's, that's coming up pretty quick. All right. Well, hey, okay. We got a few minutes here. We need to. We need, you guys got anything here? I, I'm going to go back and look at some of the pictures that I had lined up for tonight. And uh, uh, in the meantime, you have anything you want to talk about? No, it's funny. Just a little bit of ham operating note here. I, my my kind of progression through ham radio i started as a novice back in 1980 or so and did a lot of cw then dropped out of the hobby for a while came back in and uh got proficient enough in cw to get up to an, an advanced class license um and uh and then kind of mainly was a single sidebender for a long time up until a couple of years ago uh, a friend of mine kind of got me back into CW again. So I'm doing a bit more of that. And I noticed something the other day. It's a whole long story to lead up to a short little thing. But <laughs> I noticed something the other day. I still keep a paper logbook. And uh, I just put an, an entry in on my paper logbook, the last entry on that page. And that was the first time in years that the entire page of my logbook was all just CW contacts. I don't remember the last time yeah. that happened. So... <laughs> <clears throat> I, uh, I I kept a lot of my old stuff. Uh, of course, a lot of it's disappeared. But I did find uh, a couple of my old logs from back 1970 and in the early 60s. Uh, and uh, it was interesting looking back at it. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, I, I met some uh, some friends up at up at Dayton many years, 20 years ago, maybe longer than that. Uh, one of the uh, IWOK, that's the International Order of the Crazies. Uh, one of the uh, one of the guys uh, uh, was Hoss, and he was from Texas. And uh, I met him and uh, talked with him, uh, you know, every every year, and we'd go up there. And uh, uh, I found a logbook, 1969. I found a logbook, and I saw in here that I used to talk to him. Uh, a number of times he lived in Oklahoma City and didn't even know that 
you know, 30 years later, 40 years later, here I am, I'm friends with the guy, and I didn't know I, I had talked to him. So that was uh, that was real interesting. I don't know what happened to Glenn. I don't know if he just dropped off or oh, I don't know if he'll be I, back. Yeah, I had a chat uh, a couple days ago um, uh, with a, a fella in North Carolina in a little town called Roanoke Rapids. And probably nobody's ever heard of Roanoke Rapids, but uh, I'm really familiar with it because growing up as a kid, my mom's brother uh, had a cabin on Lake Gaston in North Carolina, which is, uh, um, you know, kind of on the border of, of Virginia and North Carolina, a little bit west of where Interstate 95 cuts over. And where when you you take the Roanoke Rapids exit off of I-95, uh, from that point, you're about 15 miles from uh, where his place was on the lake. So uh, Roanoke Rapids was the big town that you went to to do all your shopping when you when you lived on the lake like my uncle did. So uh, sorry, we used to call it Double R City. <laughs> it wasn't a very big place, but uh, just the fact that I ran into somebody who was actually in Roanoke Rapids was kind of kind of fun because, you know, so we spent uh, about a week there every summer as a kid. And uh, so it was just kind of reminiscing a bit. Yeah, fortunately, my, my uncle passed about nine years ago and uh, wound up selling the property. You know, as part of the estate uh, down there. So uh, really miss going down to that lake. But uh, um, that was just kind of a nice coincidence to run in some, into somebody from down there too. So, all right, we're getting some requests here. They'd like to see some videos of us uh, testing and playing with things. Well, we'll have to do some of those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have to you know do some because I, I think I did something I remember I did something with uh, like one of the nano VNAs here on my table uh, I forget exactly what what we had done but we had done something live with that and I'll think about some more things we can do that way uh, either from here or down on my workbench downstairs uh, and do some things live that way so I might it might be kind of fun. Yeah, I, I did have a couple of videos I had lined up tonight. They're about five or six minutes each. Uh, in case we uh, needed uh, needed to show them to uh, fill the show, uh, I'm a little concerned that the audio didn't go through well on the other videos. But you know, what I'd like to try as a test, if you don't mind. Um, yeah. That I I didn't mute my microphone when I played the video, and I don't know if that was causing issues. Um, you know, I don't know if I, I I've got another short little video. So we had talked about uh, tuners and stuff like that. I've got another short little video that I could show. Um, okay. Actually, and just I like I like tuners. Also, let's let's do one thing. In, do you have an adjustment for keep the audio level or automatic uh, volume level or something there? I do, and that's it's on automatic. Is yeah, uh, that comes on by default. Yeah. Well. Okay, I'm just wondering. If that might have had something, but if you'd like to try something, we can we can do a test real quick. Yeah, let's see. Tonight, tonight is night testing, and hey, one of the right videos, right. one of the videos that I have here is a, a homebrew tuner, an L, an L tuner okay. uh, with uh, motorized. Oh, cool. Yeah, that the tuner I was using in the Nano VNA was an L network. That was the 1039. Yeah. Uh, but this was a little MTech tuner, a little QRP tuner. Actually, a little video that I shot from the vacation beach house. Um, so okay. When did I do this one? Uh, about three, four years ago. But uh, let me let's let's do this one. And what I'm going to do is while the video is playing uh, with the audio going uh, like it normally is, 
I'm going to mute my microphone on and off just to see if that if you notice a change in the way the audio is playing. So, so let me do a, a okay. share on this one here. So let's share a window, and we'll share this window. Oh, I need to some, I need to go tell it to, to share with the computer sound. Share system audio and this window. Let's click that and hit there. And now you've got to let it in, Tom. Yep, I will uh, bring it in here. I see it there. Here, here it is. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start by playing the video now. Okay. And now I'm going to mute my microphone. Now I'm unmuted, and I'm going to mute again. Yeah, when you mute it, we cannot hear it. Ah, okay. So it has to be running. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Two capacitors uh, to their mid-scale positions. The ground link control. Uh, I usually switch it over to ground when I'm using a coax-fed antenna, and I'll leave it open usually when driving a balance feed antenna. So leave that over there. Now the uh, additional capacitance to add 500 picofarads or 250 puffs uh, will depend on the antenna. We'll play with that as we need to. There's a tune and operate control. We'll talk about that in a moment. So we'll leave that in operate uh, as we start. And so to get started here, I'll switch the rig to uh, AM. So AM I found is a good way to listen to the noise floor. You kind of get the tuner basically started or set up in the right position. Now what I'll do is just adjust the capacitors to try to maximize the received noise level. And it's probably right about in that neighborhood we've maximized the receiver noise level. Now if when you were adjusting them you really had to go to the maximum extremes of one of the capacitors, uh, you might find that uh, adding an additional 250 or 500 puff might be necessary. But in our case here on the uh, lower portion of the 40 meter phone band, uh, we're okay with the other way we are. Let me turn the volume down, but I want to listen to the noise here. Next thing we'll do is switch from the operate mode into tune. Now what this does is it inserts a, a resistive uh, tuning bridge uh, in between the tuner and the radio. Alan, are your speakers on? Can you hear yourself? Oh, I can hear it. Yep. I can hear it. Can you turn your speakers down a little bit? Let's see if that's feedback. Uh... Okay, I just turned them down. Well, I'm not hearing anything now. Uh, I guess that means that the audio is actually being picked up by my microphone and not by, uh, not by ah. computer audio. Yeah, I think we uh, I think we learned something here. That's probably why it's sounding so bad. Uh, yeah. it's, it's being picked up by the microphone. And you you clicked on the uh, you had an option to to share uh, computer audio. I did, and I did click on that. Um, mm -hmm. That's why I thought if I muted my mic, it would it would play. But uh, so all right, so there's some something to figure out with that. Yeah, and I will talk to them about that. We can do more testing, but uh, I, I think if we get that fixed, I think it will sound fine. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, and that was a little L network that you were talking about. Uh, I get is that an L network there? No, this is actually a Z a Z map. Oh, that's a Z. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, I'm, 
That's a fun little. Image. I'm gonna stop that here. Hold on. There yeah. We go. Okay. Okay. All right. So I like playing with wires and with antennas, and uh, uh, I like to uh, I like to experiment around with tuners. And I the the L the L match is a great little tuner. Yeah. Because you you can. You can match a, a, a low impedance antenna with it, and if the antenna is high impedance, you can just turn the L match around right. and feed it backwards, and uh, now you're matching a high impedance. So yeah. that's kind of cool the way it works. Uh, yeah. So yeah, on the ten tech, it's, you, you, there, there's a high impedance and low impedance switch that adds additional capacitance that so you pick, and then but yeah, it's, it's nice because it's yeah. real. And unlike a like a, like a, a Pi or a T network. Uh, where you can actually have multiple settings of the dials that would give you a minimum SWR. With an L network, only one combination that gives you a minimum SWR. So there's no kind of playing around with it to try, is this one better or is that one better, is this one lower loss or that one lower loss? There's only one combination of those dials that gives you the minimum SWR. Yeah, well, you know, uh, and I studied a little about uh, the T network, and uh, I've I, I just, in the past couple of years, played with the T network. Mm -hmm. Uh, my understanding from a T network is that it can really match really precisely, but it's not as effective, it's not as efficient, right? As, yeah. as a, a what maybe a Pi network, yeah, either a Pi or an L. Uh, a Pi or a T isn't going to be as efficient as a as an L. because uh, the idea of one of the because if you think about, I think about what it's doing when you're moving around on a Smith chart, you're actually taking three arcs. You know, three yeah. pans, if you will. You can get a higher Q of the match, meaning that you'll, or I mean, a lower Q, which means you'll be matched over a broader frequency range. But the trade-off is that it's going to be a little bit lossier. Uh, whereas an L network, um, you know, it's going to be you know the lowest loss, and again, kind of just one set of tuning controls. But again, you do have to flip the network uh, if you need to switch from tuning into a, a low impedance or tuning a high impedance. Yeah. Um, so I've got a little. Uh, let's see. While we have some time here, I'll just play this uh, this uh, little video I've got. And again, this is uh, we're experimenting tonight to see how things sound, and we'll see if I have the same problem with sound that you have. Okay. So uh, I'm going to open. Um, I'm going to open up uh, a video and share it. And yeah, I'm going to bet you have that same problem because your audio settings for input are your microphone input there's no bridging of the connection or you know use some kind of composite audio source well that's what I, we've got to find out yeah yeah that's, that's, what I'm what, thinking. that's what we've got to find out so um okay um let's see how this didn't do anything yeah let's see how this sounds so i'm going to uh Let's play it. See what see what happens. Up. Oh, well, this is a uh, hard to get used to. Hard to get used to. Where's my stop button? Here's the stop button. Okay. All right. So let me go up here, and we're going to share it, guys. This this is a video is uh, about a, a manual L network. I like to do uh, uh, wild and crazy things with it. These are motor driven. Remote control built up a little simple uh, uh, a power supply, which with a double pole, double flow switch, you can reverse the polarity, send it out to a motor, and you can 
turn the coil one way or you can reverse the polarity turn the coil the other way and uh, you can watch that SWR meter right here in the shack and put this tuner out at the antenna and it's uh, amazing to just watch that needle go up and down uh, as things turn there I'm gonna try to play this and you guys give me some feedback you can you can talk to me uh, uh, as we're trying to play it now you know there's two things I, I can I can I can try to share as a video or I can share my screen. Now, if I share the screen, well, which one did you do earlier, uh, Alan? What I did is I, I, I share under share, you have entire screen, window, or a Chrome tab. And I picked window because I had, I had put the video in a separate Chrome window. Okay. So do, I, you have, do you have the option? Do you have the option to share video? No, just screen, window, or tab. And maybe okay, so I have, have, I have an video. option. Yeah. I have an option to share video. I'm going to just see if it works. And it, it may be that the uh, this way, it may somehow get the audio through. Let's see what happens. So here we go. We're going to try to do a share. Woo, let's see. At the bottom left, there's a checkbox to share system audio. Yeah, I, I had checked that. It didn't seem to, to help, apparently. Yeah. I, I had made sure I checked that. Okay, let me... Um, it brought up a different screen. Let me see if I can find it here. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Let me open it. Well, I don't think it's going to open for some reason. Oh, wait. Yeah, it did. Okay, let's see. All right, so I don't have the option for share audio. I'm going to hit the play, and you guys just give me some feedback. Here we go. Okay, video is playing. Let's see if I can hear any audio. But don't hear any audio yet. I don't either. Yeah. The video is choppy. Yeah, video is a little choppy. Probably back in the. Uh, yeah, back at the workbench today. Okay. Working on a little project. I love uh, wire antennas. You got the got the audio with the trying to make most all of my antennas resonant. Okay. The audio is low. I like to have one that I can tune and experiment with. This is a little uh, auto antenna tuner. No, it's not auto. It's a antenna tuner I built up. Basically, it's a variable capacitor here. And we have a connection. I'm going to hit my little, mute. Uh, Tell me if the audio completely DC stops. motor here. And then here's a rotary coil. Oh, the echo went away when you hit mute. So we're hitting the audio from the video. It is also to a motor. And uh, I just put a little uh, jack here. And, And uh, basically, uh, I use just plain old Ethernet cables because uh, Ethernet cable is eight conductor. So I go there, and I built up a little control device for it right here. It's just a little box, simple box. Uh, I built this several years ago with two switches. And uh, basically use just a little uh, um, discarded uh, laptop power supply. Anything that can give you 12 to 20 volts. 
uh, sending uh, 12 volts down and reversing the 12 volts I can run the I can run a little motor uh, either way uh, counterclockwise or clockwise so that lets me tune the inductor once I get the inductor about where I want it faster and can actually turn the capacitor here so between between okay now when i was muted i, I think uh, somebody said they couldn't hear you yeah when you were muted the echo went away and we heard the, yeah. the we did hear the audio from the video so it actually worked okay so that's good um uh, the only thing you need you need you need one more switch to reverse the uh, the order of the L network so that <laughs> you can tune either one. Yeah, yeah, I, I do, uh, and uh, but I just turn it around backwards. That you know, I just go change it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, so I got. I'm trying to turn off the video share here. Let's see. There we go. Okay. All right. Uh, still learning. Okay. So hey, we learned one thing. That, well. I did a share video. You guys didn't have the option. Yeah, I wonder if I if I wonder if I brought up a. I'm just going to try something. I'm going to bring up a video in a player to see if it then gives me the option to play that. So, okay. We just. I'm just going to continue on. I'm going to go find. I'll go grab one of my my videos here from my archive of videos. I have a couple. <laughs> So it, it, it was good. We found out though, if we mute the mic while I was playing video, the echo went away. So, right, right. So that that means we did have an audio connection other than the microphone. I think. Yep. All right. So let's see. I've actually got. Let me see. Let me see. If I do a share now. Now it's still giving me the share of just the entire screen, the window, or a Chrome tab. But if I pick the window that actually is the video, which is just like the Windows, you know, movie mm -hmm. player. Let me, uh, let okay. me go and try that. system audio and try that just to see if that plays that. And I'll, again, I'll do the trick with the mute again. So let's see what happens here. So uh, I'm going to wait till you hear it before I hit play. Now let's see. I've got to allow you. Yeah. There we go. All right. So this is a video on, um, on a curve tracer. And let me play this. And let me go turn the volume up on it here. Uh, I don't know if you can you hear that volume or hear the audio. No, not hearing anything. All right, I bet it's I bet it's because it's it's still trying to be picked up from the microphone, so it's definitely not picking up computer audio. So, all right, right, okay, we'll stop sharing that. But yeah, just, and that's the thing under that window, you don't have the option to share the computer audio like you do when you do the full screen oh maybe that's what it is because i checked that box before i selected the other so i am maybe I have to do a full screen share in order to get the, uh, the audio yeah and that won't work for me because i got dual screens well let, let's try that one more time <laughs> if you don't mind yeah go right here all right so what i'll do is i'm going to say i'll go share Select system audio, and I'm going to share my entire screen. And I'll just maximize the one that I want to play. So you let me know when you're ready to roll there. Okay, I'm uh, ready. Okay, uh -huh. so now I've got this maximized, and now I'll play this. We'll go back and then tell it to be on channel zero, which is 
for reflection. reflection now it says I'm sharing screen and audio, so I don't know if you can hear that from the, the, the video or not. It's very, very low. Very low. Next, let's set up the frequency. And again, I don't know if that's being picked up by my microphone. Probably not, because it's very low for me here, too. Yeah, we're not talking Okay. All right. I'll just stop sharing that. Yeah. Again, this system is in development right now, and uh, it's brand new. Um, they're uh, wanting to know what works and what doesn't work. So, yeah. you know. Okay. Yeah. David in the chat room saying, I, I just wonder yeah. what people listening to WBCQ will think when they hear this. <laughs> Well, if you're out there listening on WBCQ, you're hearing us doing some testing of some software for this webcast. That's exactly what it is. And uh, hang in there with us, and uh, it will get better. Uh, normally, we, we don't do this on the show, but uh, we're operating tonight remotely. We're doing a show from the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina, western North Carolina. And uh, we're on some uh, very... Uh, uh, limited internet connections and also uh, we're trying to pack everything into one computer uh, instead of a, a number of computers so uh, I'm, I'm really uh, surprised and amazed that it's working as well as it has tonight to yeah, it's not doing bad it kicked me out once uh, my browser just you know got that screen where it says oops we encountered an error goodbye yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's what happened to Dwayne because he just disappeared. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right. Okay, so let's see what's going on here next. Um, and occasionally I hear my voice come back, so I don't know if it's coming back off one of you guys' speakers or something, but uh, that's it's, it's, it's not too often. So um, Yeah, it could be the echo cancellation just doesn't. Yeah up with uh, the micro you know because i've got a, a little microphone i use on my desk here and you can kind of see this little you know this little thing here yeah. and that's probably picking up my speakers which are sitting back on the desk and sometimes i guess the echo cancellation doesn't get caught up with it so yeah uh let me uh, let me give the people an update there in case we have anybody from uh the knoxville or the east uh, east tennessee Hamfest that are tuned in with us uh, give them an update on our, our uh, W5KUB-12 Pico balloon flight. Uh, we had a good liftoff, as you saw in a video earlier. We're somewhere up over uh, Hudson Bay today. Uh, the uh, winds are supposed to turn it around, and it's supposed to be heading back down toward, uh, toward Maine. Uh, probably tomorrow we'll see it. If it's still up, we'll see it on APRS tomorrow. Uh, as it comes back across Maine and starts making its way over toward Europe. Now, right when it went to sleep, uh, we were entering some areas of rain and storms, uh, which is not good for the balloon, uh, particularly when we're only flying at 18,000 feet. And uh, I was looking at some of these storms were as high, the, the uh, clouds, cloud tops were as high as 35,000 feet in some of these uh, storms. So we don't know if we survived it or if we came down uh, we'll know probably tomorrow uh, if we're still flying. So uh, don't give up hope. This is the little balloon. It could, or he thinks he can, and he's gonna he's gonna hopefully uh, show up again tomorrow. So tonight uh, I don't have a lapel mic on tonight. I'm using this little thing right here. It's a 
it's a little uh, mic. I could plug a lapel mic into it, but uh, this has a built-in mic, and uh, it uh, it seems to be doing okay. And um, uh, that's uh, really really nice because uh, we've got the receiver here. I don't think I can get. Yeah, we got the receiver here, and then we got two transmitters. So if we do a portable walk around or something with a phone, uh, this will actually connect uh, with our phone. And uh, we can uh, uh, actually do interviews as we walk around. So things are getting better uh, as far as uh, uh, our capabilities of being able to do walk-arounds. Uh, in the past, and you saw at Huntsville this year, it was difficult to, to really roll that 80-pound cart around, particularly in crowds. And uh, now with this setup here, boy, we take just a... Uh, a droid or an iPhone and just walk around with it and that's all we got to do yeah, you know this this app this melon melon app thing because it's uh like I said it's you know knock wood it hasn't knocked me off yet but uh yeah everything's been pretty smooth and even with your limited bandwidth every once in a while you get a little pixelated but other than, other than that it's been really good yeah and and I I, I think I'm really pleased with the fact that it's cloud-based and that's where all the processing going on and that's where the video feeds are coming from and uh, if, if I was having to do all that here uh, I think we would have a, a, a tough show tonight so hey technology is improving uh, we didn't have this uh, well four or five years ago when we started well let's see our show now our weekly show's been going on now about six and a half years I don't think this was available back then and uh of course we've seen a lot of changes in webcasting over the last 20 years we've been doing you know uh webcast of things like the dayton hamvention and huntsville for like 20 years and you know what do you guys think about the way uh hey what do you think things are gonna look like in another year or two are we gonna have some real high speed stuff everywhere oh, you know when we were when we were webcasting 20 years ago we were lucky if we could get a, a wireless connection, uh, you know, a, a 3G connection, or a, you know, if we could get 100 kilobits, we were doing great back then. Yeah. Hey, Charlie made a couple of comments in the in the chat there, Tom. That he said it sounded like that your audio might not be coming from that lapel, that microphone, but maybe from the laptop. Oh. It really didn't change when you moved it. So uh, you know, maybe check your audio source. Hey, you may be using case. the wrong audio source. Uh, well, I, I think I'm going to, well, yeah. Okay. Let's just look at this. All right. So let me just do, do something here. I'm going to, I'm going to talk into this very test one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. I don't think that's working. That's one, two, three, four. I think I'm on the laptop. I'm on the laptop microphone. So, um, you know what? And there, there is a selection to hit the F arrow there, because uh, I had to, I had to tell it to use my little test Samson satellite. Test one, two, three, four. All right, I've got to, I've got to figure out what's going on here. This is not. Yeah, there is that selection, okay. you know, next to the microphone, that up arrow, and I, I know I had to make my yeah. use my little, this little Samson meteorite mic. That otherwise it was trying to use the one that's in the web. Well, yeah. that's There's interesting. Arrow next to the mute button gives you all of your audio options. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, it, it, 
did appear to be working. Test one, two. Yeah, test click one, it, test then click your audio input to see if you can see your little Bluetooth. There's actually, there's actually a mute button on here that I was playing with earlier. Let me see if I can uh, figure this mute button out. Maybe the mic, well, if that's me, but I'm plugged in a jack, I, that would override the internal you microphone. Got the wrong, you got the wrong selection on your audio. You're going to have to change that first. I only have one selection. That's Mike Yen, I think. Let's see. Oh, wait a minute. Let me look. Microphone array, sound blaster. Let's see. Hang on. There you go. Um, well. Yeah, because I know in my case, I've got the choice for that Samson mic or the microphone that's in my webcam. One, two, three, one. Okay. It's working now. Now it is. I, th yeah. I think it's working now. Now it is. Let's see. Yes, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Yeah, yep, now it's working. That, now it's working. Okay. So, that probably really uh, confuses people listening out there on Shore Asia <laughs> night. Huh? All right. Well, look, hey, we got it working now. So, uh, hey, does, audio, does my, my audio sound any better now than it did uh, on It's the lower now, so. Lower? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I can probably... Uh, crank it up somehow um have to figure that out later i guess yeah it doesn't have the boomy quality that you get with the laptop mics now it's just lower yeah yeah okay well very good all right well guys we've got uh, just a few more minutes before we're going to sign off tonight um what else do you think we ought to talk about tonight <laughs> anything going on coming up here soon in the future you're going to be involved in any ham fest any new books? What's going on? Yeah, it's funny. You mentioned something about that, that uh, the old crazies or something like that, that uh, that group that you, you met up with. It kind of reminded yeah. me today, I actually gave a talk to this for work to the Association of Old Crews. I don't know if you're familiar with that organization, but it's, uh, it's basically a, kind of a industry professional organization for folks that deal with uh, electronic warfare, like radar and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I Given a, a talk to the old crows today, so you kind of almost reminded me of that when you said, uh, I thought of AOC when you said that uh, whatever that group was of the old crazies. That was the IWOK, the International Order of the Crazies. Okay, that's almost like the Association of Old Crows, AOC. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there's actually one of them in here tonight, uh, Bill WZ1L. Okay, he is he is a vice president of the IWOK now. Everybody in the IWK is a vice president. Okay. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we were next to them in the flea market in Dayton for many, many, many years. And uh, they kept trying to recruit us and make us an IWK, but I never got the shirt. I never bought the shirt. And I never, never officially signed up uh, to be a crazy. Yeah, I guess, are you, are, is the, this Melanat folks, are they actively soliciting feedback from you in terms of, you know, how things are working and all? Yeah, they, they are, are, are actually from anyone. Actually, there are people out there, other people out there using it. Uh, I've actually been talking to them on the telephone and uh, okay. uh, giving them some input uh, as far as what we would like to have. And, and 
you know, things such as green screen for you guys on the other end. And uh, I had a whole list the other day. I forget some of the other things that we asked yeah. for. Yeah, so I guess the, the sharing system audio piece has got to get worked yeah. out. So yeah. I think we need to uh, we need to get that uh, straightened out. Also, mm -hmm. I would like to see uh, I would like to see an audio meter on my screen here right yeah. now. The only place I see an audio meter is if I do the pull down on the microphone. Right, right. Then I see it. Right. See it, but. I'd like to see an audio meter up here on my, at, at least the host screen that shows everybody talking, you know. That would make sense, yeah. Yeah. So I think you're going to add that. Okay. And, um, yeah, I think the share screen needs some work on it. The audio needs some work on it. All right. Uh, well, Glenn, uh, are you uh, still working from home some, or they got you coming in mostly every day? Uh, no, uh, I am working from home Tuesday, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I go in on Tuesday and Thursdays. You just go in two days a week, huh? Two days a week, yeah. That's not that's not bad. And no, it's it's working out really well. I mean, I can do everything I'm doing now from home. Yeah. So it's it's not that big of a deal. And it, it sure is nice being able to sleep in a little bit. Ah, don't let your boss know that. <laughs> no, no, I I start work at eight o'clock. Oh, okay. But, even uh, if you're even if you're still in bed, right? No, no, no. I I'm usually up by five. Oh but, yeah. Uh, you know it's they they get their eight hours. Trust me, there's no doubt of that. Yeah, yeah. But well, it's you know, like I found I found hour commute across town and you know how crazy it is on 240 in the morning well i found working at home i work just as many hours if not more yeah you know i i saw it kind of as a privilege to work from home and i yeah. i even gave them extra you know you know that's, that's the way it generally works yeah I, work, yeah I probably work more hours from home I, I mean as you know as a field application engineer i'm usually i used to always be out on the road i do you know, 30 to 40,000 miles a year in the car. And I was always in the car. And, uh, you know, so prior to the pandemic, you know, I, I had, you know, all the equipment loaded in the car, everything was in there and I'd be out on the road all week. And, uh, you know, since the pandemic, I've been working from home. So I've got all the equipment in my home office, all networked together, all hooked up so I can remote into all the equipment and present everything kind of remotely. And now that things are starting to open up, now I have got to do a mix of those two things. And, you know, the challenge of that is, is that normally when I'm out on the road, everything is in the car and I don't have to worry about what do I have to pack? What do I have to bring? Because it's all there. And then, then when I was working solely from home, everything was here. But now when I've got to, oh, now I've got to travel somewhere tomorrow. I got to figure out what do I have to bring? I got to break it all down, tear it all up, get all the accessories, put it in the car and then hope that I didn't forget anything when I get there. Then when I get back mm -hmm. home, set it all back up again because the next day I'm doing something remotely. So exactly, I wish that it's really one or the other would be better. <laughs> doing the mix is a real pain when I when you've got you know six or seven pieces of equipment that've got to be used in either place. So well, see, I save about an hour and a half to two hours of drive time a day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know that's production time, or you know. Yeah. When I well, finish, yeah, I can actually just go do stuff. So I, I'm not as worn out. I'm not as tired. Yeah, Don't have the problem is my, my commute to a customer might be 15 minutes. It might be six hours. Right. I don't know where I'm going. So yeah, I'm going the travel right. time's killer. Right. Yep. So, Charlie, well, unfortunately, um, given the cost of this equipment, no, I'm not going to get two of everything. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
Well, you know, I, uh, the your equipment there is pretty expensive. It is really yep. expensive. A little bit. And yeah. You got to be careful. You got to be careful because the Chinese are making the thing and do the same thing your equipment's doing. They're making it for like forty nine dollars. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> yeah, so, but they got to get it through the port of Los Angeles. Uh, you seen all those yeah. boats waiting to come in? Two two of I, those I boats see. are loaded with Arduino parts. Is that right? Yeah. Hey, I I, I'm hoping I'm hoping that something happens here, boy. The the parts, uh, the backlog on stuff. You know, yeah. I I ordered. Hey, everything is back ordered. You know, I'm I'm putting what in a home say? generator. I'm putting in a 22 kilowatt home generator home. I paid for it in July, and they haven't even received it yet. Uh, they're telling me now it's going to be the end of next month. But uh, yeah. I just have to. Huh? I mean, I was actually surprised this thing came on time. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. that's shocking. And, and, and even right? even Bill, Bill's talking about little simple uh, chips like the SI fifty three fifty one. Yeah, and, and other chips. I mean, you know, they're 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 months and months behind. Uh, my friend told me that there are so many automobiles that have been built that are out stored in parking lots uh, wherever they build these cars and trucks. They don't have the chips to put in them and yeah. all these cars and trucks are just sitting out there and they're going to be an old model here pretty soon. And I'm hearing they're going to just bash them in, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, there was, I got it on one of my feeds today showing all of the ships that are waiting offshore to be unloaded and they literally can't get unloaded because they don't have enough people to unload them. Yeah, paying too many people to stay home. Yeah. 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 Oh, I mean, dear, I'm getting hit by recruiters. I must get 10 recruiter calls a day and the pay is ungodly. And All right, I, look, look, man, you, no, hey, stay where you are right now, man. You can't just keep changing jobs every no, three I'm months. I'm not changing. You I know, know I'm happy where, where I'm at, but the money is getting yeah. insane because the criteria for, for high tech jobs has now come to, are you breathing and will you respond to my email? Can you can you recognize a computer at 50 feet? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and literally and, and they they're when I talk to them, they're like, we can't find anybody. Yeah, Period. Yeah. There is nobody. And I'm like, well, the places you're trying to get me to go, there will be nobody because I wouldn't go there if you tripled the pay. Hmm. And I'll leave it to your imagination as to what location. <laughs> All right, guys, I tell you what, we're going to go ahead and we're going to end the show here just a few minutes early tonight. Uh, I know Alan has to go walk the dog, and it's late. Hey, being here on the East Coast, I can tell you it's getting late for me. And uh, <laughs> uh, I'm an hour late and getting popcorn and watching a little TV, and Alan's got to walk the dog and so yeah, forth. So. I, I got it ready. I got, a, I got another uh, podcast or webinar tomorrow to give for, uh, if you're familiar with the magazine, Microwaves and RF, they're sponsoring yeah. a, uh, a webinar that I'm giving tomorrow. So I've got to get ready to do that tomorrow. All right. Well, um, good luck on that. Hope, right. uh, I hope you do, do good, which I know you will. Uh, we'll see you. Good night, everybody. Thanks, everybody in the chat room for sticking with us uh, this late. And uh, if you're listening out there on WBCQ, you're listening to Amateur Radio Roundtable, a show about ham radio, and uh, we'd love to have you join us live on Tuesdays at W5KUB.com at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll say good night.
we'll say 73 to everybody. 73 is ham radio shorthand for best regards. 73 to everybody, and we'll see you. Good night. Night. All right. Still doing your pet video again? No, I'm not going to. All right. Good night, everybody. We'll see you later. All right. Take care now.